You are now listening to the Moon Child. It is February 15th. Happy birthday to one of my longtime friends, Kendall Adams. It's one o'clock, and the weather is as bipolar as the Kings play this whole season. It's very rainy. It was just super sunny the other day. Now it's rainy, it's cloudy. It's probably going to rain again. I think it was raining overnight. And this past week, I just witnessed, you know, at one week, I'm having a great week, you know, and watching the Kings play basketball. They win every single game of that week. They play great basketball. And then this week, they don't win a single game. We lose against Philly. That was a good game. But then we lose against the injured Magic. Magic are like the 49ers this season. I will get into them later. Um, but they're super injured. We didn't have Fox or Bagley. And we just looked terrible. And we kept on letting Vucevic shoot from the top of the key. Where he leads the league in three-point percentage at from the top of the key. Dropped 40 on us. 40 and 9. 42 and 9. Lost to the Magic. And I'm thinking we're going to okay. We didn't have Fox, Bagley. Bagley was still out for the game versus the Grizzlies. And the game that I was very excited about, the Ja versus Fox showdown, did not go how I planned. We lost by a lot of points, by, probably like by 15 or more. It was just a terrible basketball game. Lack of aggression. Fox was settling for too many threes early, but he still found a way to get 23 points and 9 assists. What's crazy was... He was one for nine from the three-point line. No, one for eight. One for eight. So he missed seven threes. And he was seven for 15 from the field. And seven of those shots were the three-pointers that he took. So he was seven for eight when it wasn't a three-point line. And that just shows you how easy it became for him. Like on one of his worst nights, he still can easily get you 25. It, he leads the league in points in the paint of all guards, point guards and shooting guard. He can literally do whatever he wants. But we wasn't playing good enough. Um, they got they jumped out on us early. The Grizzlies, um, they're coached really well. Got to give it up to them. And they're a well-run organization. Like they had a little error that Zebo and Marcus saw Mike Conley era, and they only went through like one year of a real rebuild and they kind of rebooted themselves up really quick from that trade with the jazz and they got balachunas for marcus Gasol. um so i mean they they're they're on the path up i mentioned them earlier they're they're well-run organization they're well coached they're playing with a different level of aggression compared to the kings and they're just so much tighter defensively they wasn't allowing easy shots they move the ball really well. They understand tempo and pace. Um, when, they, when they're up by a lot of points, they make sure they dribble the clock out. They make sure they move it. And they try they don't they don't pen, they don't penetrate a lot. They they penetrate um what's that what's that word? They they like to penetrate when when they move the ball around and they like to penetrate at glances rather than defenses. And what, what I mean by that is when they penetrate glances is when they move the ball move the ball and they get somebody you know off their feet or trying to close out that's when they penetrate and yeah they play well as a team and as far as their their organization and drafting they building around john morant and jaron jackson those top five picks and then with their extra picks like brandon clark xavier tillman desmond bain even grayson allen um they they still have justice winslow 
they have a lot of guys and Dylan Brooks, you know, they have a lot of guys that they drafted um, that are like three-year, four-year college players. So they fill in the roster really nicely. And their longest tenured player is Dylan Brooks, who I think it's like his fourth season there. So they really just started fresh and they're on the path up. And that coach that they got, is he's doing really good. So I just got to get up to the Grizzlies. I still think it's Fox over Jaw right now, but, you know, in, in, to be fair to Jaw Morant, you know, he, he's in his second year and Jaw's in, I mean, he's in his second year and De'Aaron is, is in, in his fourth year. So we'll see where Jaw's at in his fourth year. Right now he's not better than Fox as he should not be, but um, he's playing for a bigger, you know, a better run organization right now at the moment um, compared to what the Kings have built these past couple of years. They have... A lot of good things going for them. So, shout out to the Grizzlies. And as far as the Kings, the roller coaster continues. I'm a, I'm gonna kind of recap y'all what has this season has been like. Okay, so the first four games, we win three out of four. You know, beat the Nuggets twice, beat the Suns once, and lose to the Suns once. And then we lose seven of a nine. I'm freaking out. I'm like, damn, Mike, are we tanking? What the hell is going on? We're giving up more than 120 points a game. We're not playing no defense. What the hell is going on? Then we bounce back. We win the last seven out of eight games. I'm like, yeah, we're on the rise. De'Aaron Fox is a superstar. Tyrese is on the way. We're playing good defense. We're playing inspiring basketball. And then these last three games, we just lose three in a row. And we play the Nets tonight. So we'll see how that goes. They don't have KD. But now we're losing three in a row, and we're giving up 120 points again. Um, that Philly loss wasn't a bad loss. I just just think Philly has the better roster, and I think they're title contenders. The Kings are not there yet. But the game versus the Magic and the the Magic and the and the Grizzlies was not fun to watch. It was not satisfying to watch. Like there's a difference between losing games and just displaying bad basketball and losing games and that was what we're, we've been doing uh, that magic game like we didn't have fox but the magic are so injured they don't have markel Fultz. they didn't have cole anthony that game they still don't have jonathan isaac they didn't have aaron gordon they have so many injuries they even picked up frank mason who missed that game by the way they don't have evan fournier they have so many injuries and we still got popped so, Michael Carter-Williams was doing what the hell he wanted against us. For some reason, we thought it was a good idea to go over the screen every single time they ran that pick and fade or pick and roll with Vucevic. Why go over the screen on Michael Carter-Williams when his biggest strength is going to the basket and he's known not to be a shooter? I don't know. We didn't make the adjustments we needed. We kept letting Vucevic shoot the three at the top of the key. and He made six of them out of eight. Kept letting him shoot at the top of the key and just let him do his want. Lack of adjustment. So Luke's coaching has kind of been shaky the last two games because we're not making the adjustments. Same thing with the Grizzlies. We wasn't extending the defense. Like every single time we just let a team dribble, if we don't extend or give them any ball pressure, they kind of just been doing whatever they want on us. It's been annoying because we just came by a stop. That's how it felt like these past three games. And like I said, the Philly being an exception, but I don't think – the Memphis or the or the Magic game, what's it called, was was good enough. I felt like Fox against the Grizzlies. Um, 
I feel like Fox against the Grizzlies, he settled for too many threes. They can't stop him going to the basket. Yes, I'm, I'm glad he's showing confidence shooting the three, but if he gets the baskets going to the rack first, then he just opens up everything for everybody else and himself. They give him even more space for a three. And once you see some go through the net, you know, you start seeing some layups go through the nets, then the threes will start falling. So that was just disappointing to see. Play the Brooklyn Nets tonight. And, uh, you know, going against James Harden and Kyrie. I wonder, they're probably going to be able to do whatever they want. I wonder who's going to take on the assignment of James Harden. I hope it's Fox. But, you know, maybe you don't want him spending that much energy on defense to contain James Harden. But I would like to see James Harden on Fox. I mean, Fox on James Harden defensively. Let's see how that works. Or even Tyrese. You know, make him step up and take on that challenge. Or, you know, we started Daquan Jeffries. He might be able to be the one that's going to be, you know, glued to James Harden tonight. Either way, James Harden is probably going to do whatever he wants because we're not the worst defensive team in the league no more. That has gone to the Wizards, but we are the second worst still. And we're the worst in the West and defensively. So, eh, we're going to see what happens tonight. I think we can do something because they don't have KD and their defense is not that good either. But, man, that when we were on that win streak at a 7 out of 8, when, when we won the 7 out of 8 games, damn, we could have made it 8 straight if we just beat the Heat. But we wasn't giving up. We was giving up no more than 113 points. If we could keep it at that, I feel like this team could score with anybody. Fox has just been so efficient in the paint. We got shooters. We got it all. We just got to play defense. So much harder to, to keep scoring when you're constantly trying not getting stops. This team, the Kings are so good in transition, and we got to get stops to get in transition. So we'll see how we bounce back. Um, they say it's a game of runs. Shit. Yeah, it seems like the Kings winning is a, is a win of runs. You know, they just go on a streak of wins and then a streak of losses. <laughs> but going over the rest of the roster other than Fox being amazing, um, the roster is not that good, and I think we already know that. Um, but I'm not in tank mode yet. You know, I think other fans are ready in tank mode. You know, the dream of getting Evan Mobley or Jonathan Kuminga sounds nice, but shit, we wouldn't have to be dreaming of Evan Mobley if Mario Bagley becomes the player that we hoped he would be. So it's going to be interesting to see if he plays tonight. He's been dealing with a little injury, calf injury, I think. Um, I'd rather him not rush it back, seeing what happened to Anthony Davis. I'm not going to pick on Laker fans. That is sad. Um, hopefully, he didn't rupture his Achilles. Um, I'm hoping the best. Hopefully, he'll be back before playoffs. And the Lakers will get a fair shot to do get their, you know, try to repeat as championship, champions. But um, I'd rather Matt Bagley just rest that calf. Um, he has been showing more effort defensively. And I do remember him play, um, being injured but playing through it. So... You know, he needs to take all the rest he needs. Hopefully he's watching defensively what he can prove on when he comes back on the court. Because that's his only thing. He can easily get 20 and 10. He's an above average rim runner. He has he can run the floor. He's getting, he's The stronger he gets, the better he'll be offensively. He just has to know what he's doing defensively. And as far as the roster not being good, like, you know, I don't like when Corey Joseph's in the game. Rashawn Holmes is too small to be a starting center. Uh, even though I love him, he's just too small to be a starting center. 
every big man, Jokic dropped 50 on us, Vucevic dropped 42 on us, and B did his thing against us. Like, we got to have, like, a stop. We got we to gotta give some of those guys trouble. We need a rim protector. And Whiteside is, you know, we can't give him more than 20 minutes a game. He's just, you don't know about his motor. Um, we do. But Bagley can be that guy that can solve all of that. You know what I'm saying? But as far as tanking, I don't think this... I think because we have De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton even, um, this team is going to be too good to not to like be a top five pick in my opinion. Unless they, you know, we do some shit like we did last night and just not play them during crunch time or in a potential comeback, which was weird to me. I'll get into that in a second. But um, De'Aaron, Fo- but De'Aaron Fox has shown that he can carry this team to the bubble. I think he can carry to this team into a 10-team playoff. So, it's going to be hard. Unless unless De'Aaron Fox is out there, we're going to be winning games on a, a lot of nights. So, I don't know about that, you know, tank for this and that guy. But, that's if the roster change. And that's going to the next thing I'm about to speak about. It is now trade season. There are some names popping up in trade, some rumors going on. Um, I mean, there's been trades that already happened. You got the Derrick Rose trade and then the James Harden trade, of course. Um, any other trades that I'm thinking about? Um, nah. But um, the big one I've been seeing is Andre Drummond. And I've been seeing a lot of disrespect about Andre Drummond. It's like a little report that came out saying um, his 30 and 20 games are meaningless and stuff like that. His stats are overrated, blah, blah, blah. Look, I think there's a misconception on Andre Drummond as far as I think it's all no. I think he even knows. He's not supposed to be the best guy on a team. He's not supposed to be the best player on a team. You're not going to have Draymond Green be the best player of a team. You're not going to have Dennis Rodman be the best player of a team. But this dude for a long period of time has been averaging near at least at least at the least 13 but getting 14 to 15 rebounds every single season while playing on the worst organizations the worst teams playing on the pistons and now the Cavs. And i don't think people understand how rebounding is a a hustle stat for so for him like as, i mean from my experience playing basketball i i mean i wouldn't i played power forward when i was on jv and at, even still getting rebounds and having the extra will because I was doing more offensively um, that year. But having the extra will to go every single possession and get that rebound because it's annoying as hell when you watch your team give up second chance points. And you need, you need, you need at least one person that's willing to do the dirty work and t- you know, have the will, have the hustle to go grab every rebound. And he's that guy. He was just playing with nobody. He just, it just wasn't, he wasn't on a good team. He was playing for the Pistons. You know what I'm saying? But if you put Andre Drummond on the Brooklyn Nets right now, everybody's going to be like, oh, the the Nets is stacked. Well, yeah, because they have a guy that is willing to do the dirty work. He does the dirty work. His scoring will not be as high anywhere else on a new team, on a championship team like it was in Detroit. So you could say his points were meaningless, but he had nobody around it. If he's playing with KD, Kyrie, and James Harden being that rebound 
and lob rebounder and lob threat and defender. You know how much that would help if you play for the Celtics. You know how much he'll help the Celtics, the Lakers right now, the Clippers right now. The Clippers will have an option to have either Ibaka at the center or at the power forward with Andre Drummond at the three or I mean at the center. And then or Nicholas Batum or Markeith Morris at the four. And then Andre Drummond at the center. Just doing all the dirty work. The the disrespect on this this dude is first of all, he's an athletic specimen. He can jump. He can jump with anybody. He can he's pretty much stronger than 90% of the league. And he's out there to rebound everything. And he can block shots. I don't see what is the bad thing about him. He's not somebody you're going to build your team around. There's a lot of guys in the NBA that's just rebounders. You're not going to you're not going to just build your team around. You're not going to build your team around Draymond. But look how valuable Draymond has been for Steph Curry and Clay and the Warriors. If Andre Drummond gets that chance, like I have Philly as my favorites to come out the East. You know what I'm saying? Cuz I don't nobody on the Nets is going to be able to handle Embiid at all. But if they get Andre Drummond, then the Nets have the advantage because they already have the three scores and they have somebody to potentially just bang with Joel Embiid and Dwight Howard. So that's that's huge. He can give him he can secure possessions. He won't give up too many second chance points. So um it I think the other teams that's interested in him is the Clippers, um, maybe the Lakers, but I know for sure the Nets and um potentially Celtics, the Raptors are interested. Raptors, they came back. Um, they're back competing. They're in fifth place, even though they have a negative record. Um, but that's just the East right now. But if they get Andre Drummond, they could be back to business. You know, if they get him for like a, you know, without giving up anything, they're struggling at center. They're missing out on um, on Marcus Saul and Ibaka being gone right now. Aaron Baines is not going to cut it. But if they get Andre Drummond, they're back to you know, competing again. They're, they're back because Fred Van Vliet's getting better. Siakam is back on pace. They still have Kyle Lowry. And they still have OG Anobi. So, you know, if they, if they get Andre Drummond. But another interesting team that I've seen was the Hornets. The Hornets desperately need a center. They desperately need one. And um, if they get him, because they're in the playoff picture technically right now too, then they're set. I think the Hornets can... Firmly compete if they get Andre Drummond because all they need is a center. They have all the forwards and guards. They have all the forwards and guards with Lamelo, PJ, and not PJ, um, Terry Rozier, um, PJ Washington as a forward. They have Devonte Graham. They have three solid guards in Lamelo, Devonte Graham, and Terry Rozier. And then they have forwards all over the world. They have Malik Monk. They have PJ Washington. They have. Miles Bridges, they have Gordon Hayward either, either, even. They have everything. They just need a solid, legitimate big man. Cody Zeller and Biombo is not going to cut it. It's the same thing with the Kings. So, um, I would like to see Andre Drummond with the Hornets, and that could potentially be a team that, that would probably pay him, and they can build something special if the Hornets can get him. So, I would like to see that happen. And another little trade rumor that's happening and another team that I would like to talk about is Blake Griffin. Is they, I guess the Pistons and Blake Griffin um, mutually agreed for him to sit out the rest of the season unless they can work out like a buyout or a trade. 
Um, they're not going to be able to trade him. I'll tell you that. They nobody's taking because he has two more years and he's making like thirty-five million in each year. So, and he's a player option. So, mm, I don't know about that. Um, he would have to opt out that thirty-five million, you know, option for him to, you know, and then do a buyout for any team to take a chance on him. Because right now, you're not. Pistons is going to have to give up a young player and a draft pick for somebody to take on that Blake Griffin contract. And I don't think both sides are willing to do that. So, um, but the thing about the Pistons, like, while I was thinking about Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin can just, you know, if he's playing at this bad of a level, if he can just stay with them with this rebuild until his contract finishes out, this will help the Pistons stay in the lottery um, and potentially get a top five pick and build around the young pieces that they already drafted. The dream for the Pistons is to get Cade Cunningham and that cat Imani Bates. They can get a top, if Pistons can get a top five pick this year, get a Jalen Green, Kuminga, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, or Cade Cunningham, don't matter. They're going to be solid. You look at what they did this draft. Except for the Killian Hayes. And maybe if they drafted Tyrese Halliburton instead of Killian Hayes. Woo! But we don't know what Killian Hayes is going to be at. He's only 19. Um, he did he did have those bad he did have bad games before he got injured. But it's, he's only a rookie. I seen De'Aaron Fox have a bad rookie year. And he's blossomed into a great player. So we'll see what happens with Killian Hayes. But the the other draft picks they made, Sadiq Bey and Isaiah Stewart. Sadiq Bey just got play, NBA player of the week. Those Villanova dudes do not disappoint. And they got Isaiah Stewart, who they're hoping to be the next Ben Wallace, 6'9", 6'10", center. Um, real aggressive. He can defend. And then they got um, then they got Jeremy Grant now. So, And Jeremy Grant is under contract. He's looking like a guy that you can, who can be a second or third star on a championship team. So if they get their, if they can get a K Cunningham this draft and have Killian Hayes as well, they got something special. And then they also have Dennis Smith, who, you know, never really got the right opportunity, who can kind of revive his career while Killian Hayes is out. So I like what they're doing. I like what Jeremy Grant did. Um, he betted on himself to really develop his game. And he's went going going through a little rebuild. But the Pistons have been winning games. They compete um, against the best teams at a high level. And they got some young pieces and they got things to be excited about. They know that they're in the rebuild. The fans know that they're in the rebuild. But I think they actually have some real life. It just depends how this lottery works out for them. But if they can get a top five pick this year, there's something to be excited about. Because Jeremy Grant, I think he's he looks like a guy that wants to stay. So they have a talent that wants to stay with them, that wants to build with them. And that's huge for Detroit. And then they have the young pieces alongside. So just get themselves that top five pick and hopefully... I hope for them that they get Imani Bates because he's from Michigan. They can get Imani Bates. Oh, man. Woo! Detroit will be something to reckon with. And then Blake Griffin. See, my thing with Blake Griffin was if there, if his contract expires because, you know, he has two more years and then they'll draft Imani Bates, the Blake Griffin contract will be done with. Then they have, like, cap space to sign another player. So I think... I think they can have a good thing going on. They're building. They're trying to build a winning culture. They're trying to win games with their young pieces. It's not like they're out there trying to lose. So 
It's exciting. They still got Seku Demboya too to see what who who he can become. This is nice. I, I like what Detroit's going on. That's my favorite team in the East because they're going through some tough times. And I feel like I understand the tough times they're going with because I am going through tough times right now with my team. So I'm rooting for the best for Detroit. It was looking really bad for them at the beginning of the season. They're showing some life. So exciting times coming to Detroit. And the last person I want to talk about in this trade season is the Serbian snipers on the move. Philly is interested and... That's what I'm about to refer to, like, how the substitution was. So, we are making a little comeback. You know, we were down, I would say, 13, 12 points. The Grizzlies put Ja, they put they put their starters starters back in, Balachunas and stuff. Meanwhile, the Kings, I understand they sparked a little comeback, but Tyrese had 22 points, and there was 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. He had 22 points, shooting efficient, he was going off, and he got subbed out. I don't, like, I don't, I don't know why he got subbed out. And then we were playing, like, Corey Joseph, like, bench players. But then it got to the seven-minute mark where it was, like, we're down 12 points. We didn't put De'Aaron Fox back in the game. We didn't put Tyrese back in the game. But he put Buddy Heald back in the game, who's been struggling all game and playing bad defensively. He put Buddy Heald, Bayalisa. He put – he had Corey Joseph in there, um, Glenn Robinson, and Metu. And I was just looking. I'm like – and I see the Grizzlies starters out there. I'm like, yeah, okay, three of the guys is playing because they're competitive. But I know Buddy ain't out there because he wants it more and stuff like that. He was at the 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 unit that was getting smacked. And I was looking I'm like, this fool got all the trade assets out on the court right now. Just showcasing themselves. And they were trying to make a comeback versus the starters. And I'm like, oh, man, this is giving me, this is giving me tank injury. It, you know, energy. They give me energy like this team is taking or something. So that was a little weird. But um, right when Bayalisa's trade, I mean, name popped up in these trade rumors with Philly, Bayalisa's been getting minutes these past two games. So it looks like he's going to be on the move. Um, I think the best fit for him will be Philly. I hope, see, when I hope when we trade these players, I hope they go, you know, get a chance to win a title. Not really that much, buddy. I kind of iffy about buddy sometimes because it's like, I don't hate Buddy. Um, just disappointed because my favorite Kings player got traded for him. So that's my, you know, personal thing about it. And Buddy did not turn into, you know, for example, Zach Levine turned into who he was after the Jimmy Butler trade. James Harden turned into who he was after his, when he got his opportunity. We're gonna see how Karis Levert turns into Victor Oladipo blossom after the the um paul george trade we did not get that from buddy okay so we got it for kind of for one year but i see where you're so much of a threat where you can go get 25 any given night you know you just he's just a super he's just a streaky shooter that's what he is like, i can see foxes over here getting can get 25 any night um victor Oladipo can get you 25 any given night zach levine has been doing it if you get any given night Karis LeVert has actually shown that he can do it on any given night. So, I ain't get that from Buddy. So, but if we do trade Bay Elise, I hope Buddy gets packaged for them to help out Philly. And this is the deal I'm thinking about with Philly, man. Look, Philly. If you take, we can give you two shooters. By the way, Buddy Heald is second in the league in three-pointers made, by the way. Okay? 
behind only Steph Curry. You know, you can get Buddy Heald, an elite shooter. He's still an elite shooter. I'll give you that. He's just my standards for him is because we traded Boogie for him. I wanted him to be an elite shooting guard, an elite scorer. But he's just he's he's an elite shooter. Okay, he's, but there y'all already got the defense. You got Embiid and you got Dwight Howard. Buddy will be a better defender, benefiting off of those two as well as Ben Simmons. You get Bay Elisa as well, stretch four. And then we can just take we can take Danny Danny Green off your hands, contract wise. We'll take Mike Scott because Bay Elisa is an upgrade over Mike Scott. But you got to give us either Terrence Ferguson and a second or first round pick. I think you can give us a first round pick. It's a late first round pick, or you can throw in Matisse Thybul and no first round or second pick. I would love to get my Matisse Thybul. That's the guy I want the most. We need a defensive weapon. This King, this t- Kings team desperately needs a defensive weapon that can try to go shut down the best score on other team at least. And yeah, he's at, and he he hasn't been shooting well, but I'd rather take the defense over the shooting right now. And you're trading elite defense for elite shooting, and I think this works out for Philly because you have elite rim protection in the game at all times as long as you got Dwight or Joel in the game. And then you also get a stretch four in Bayalisa who can also put the ball on the floor, who can also play the three. So you can do many different lineups with him. He stretches the floor out well. He's a pro's pro. Um, he knows how to play the game. He has some flair. And I think it works out for both sides, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But those are only rumors. We'll see how things uh, transpire over time. but. My, my home thing is, like, if we're going to make a move, let's just make it now. Um, I want only reason I want Buddy traded is because I want Tyrese to shine. And honestly, what, what the Kings have right now is the next CJ and Dame. Tyrese is CJ McCollum. And um, De'Aaron Fox is Dame. So I just want to get that thing going on as soon as possible. And then we can build around them. And we can just have that established on what we're building around it. And have an identity. Instead of having a lack of identity. The first couple of games we had an identity. But now we're we're starting to lose our identity of what we want to do. So, yeah. That's what I'm hoping. If we're going to do it, let's do it now. So we can just, you know, build winning, winning from what we know we're, what we're going to have. So, another thing I want to just kind of touch up on is that the center position is back. It's been fun watching centers in the NBA these days. It's been so fun. There's some, and they've been so dominant. There's been some dominant big man going on right now. And I just wanted to talk about my top five centers. And it's very close. We already know who one and two is, but it's very close. And I, I'm gonna give my top five, and I'll give you why. Let's start with number five. And number five is Rudy Gobert, a much respected defender, seven foot two with the long wingspan. Um. He's always blocking shots. He's easily getting two, at least two blocks a game every season. Um, he's the anchor defensively uh, for that Jazz team right now. And everybody's making fun of the Jazz being the number one team or whatever and calling them the Atlanta Hawks. Well, the vibes that they're giving me right now, um, a team that I would really compare him to, and Rudy Gobert is not like him offensively. But this Jazz team reminds me and a lot I mean a lot 
of the Orlando Magic in 2009. If anybody remembers how that team was constructed, they have Dwight. And the thing is, Dwight was more of a threat offensive. Like, you can throw it down to Dwight down the post, and he'll go get his. He'll get you, like, 25 points easily. But defensively, but I mean, offensively, like, they have Dwight, but then they have a whole bunch of shooters. The Jazz shoot a whole bunch of threes, and they move the ball so well, and they make a lot of threes. On top of that, they have Donovan Mitchell, who I would say is a, he's an upgraded version of Jameer Nelson for what he was for the Magic. Then you got your Joe Ingles, you know, Hito Turkoglu. You got your Bojan Bogdanovic, Rashard Lewis. Um, you got your J.J. Redick, Jordan Clarkson. But Jordan Clarkson's an upgraded version of that. Mike Conley. Um, yeah, they even got Mike Conley. They're they're very they're they're eight man deep. But the thing, the biggest um, piece that they added, that they re-signed, he was gone for a year. Was Derek Favors? Derek Favors coming off the bench. And filling in for what Gobert does has been very huge for them. And he's he's easily hard. He's so hard to stop down in paint. Derek Favors is very underrated. And then you got Jordan Clarkson playing at a six-man level. You still got Joe Ingles. Um, you got this Oni guy. Don't really know too much about him. Like I said, they have some young pieces that I'm not too familiar of. But their main seven or eight pieces is very strong. And they have a, they play with a lot of chemistry. And they play together. You got, you know, you got Donovan Mitchell, you got Mike Conley, you got Rudy Gobert, Bojan Bogdanovic, Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson, um, Derek Favors. That right there, that's that's a solid seven. That's a solid seven. So that's who they remind me a lot. And and Gobert, like, going back to Gobert and top centers, he's been the anchor of that defense. Um, to put it in perspective, me as a guard, you know, if I'm if I'm a guard. And yeah, I never got to play with like a true rim protector, but I imagine it's much better and much easier and more fun playing defense when you do. Because I mean, the whole Jazz game plan is to run you off the three-point line as much as possible and force you to, if you want to shoot a mid-range shot, it's technically the lowest percentage shot in the NBA, in NBA terms right now. But um, they're going to try to run you off the three-point, close you out as hard as you can. So if you want to like, you know, stop your momentum and pull that mid-range shot and make it, they'll take that. But at the end of the day, you good luck going to the basket because Gobert's going to be there. Good luck doing a floater. Gobert's going to be there. So all everybody but Gobert, uh, everybody on the Jazz has this security blanket, just like the Magic, because the Magic, they didn't have, like, great defenders. Like, all you know, they had a bunch of shooters and kind of, like, slower people. Jameer Nelson, he was a solid defender. But, yeah, Hito Turkoglu and Rashard Lewis, J.J. Redick, they had Matt Barnes as well, who's a solid defender. Um, but they had a security blanket. They they defended well as a team, and they defended around Dwight Howard. And that's what this team is doing with Rudy Gobert. It's kind of like how the Bucks has been doing um, these past years with Giannis, um, with him always in drop coverage and playing like a free safety. Anybody, Rudy Gobert, he got that whole um, key unlock, so they're – a top five defense and they've been a top five offense this year with their three-point shooter and ball movement and then you got a star in Mitchell so who has been a great combo guard um he's been when he's been playing the point he's when Mike Conley has been injured he's been doing his part so back to I keep getting off talk topic off the centers but Gobert he's been a top five center in the league this year um respect to him 
Number four, I feel bad for him because of the organization he plays for, but that's Carl Anthony Towns. He's a very skilled center. He can give you four. He can give you. He can give your favorite team thirty on any given night. He's been unhealthy. He's been going through some things, but his talent for me has never been in question. Um, and you know he can score on all three levels: mid range, the three, and the post. Can be a little bit better defensively, but offensively he's just so much to handle. So much to handle. He'll still go and get block shots and everything. His feet work, footwork ain't the best, but offensively he is hard to stop. He is very hard to stop. He can get you 30 on any given night. And just to mention before I go on these final three, I do not have Bam as my top five centers. I don't think Bam is better than these three or as dynamic offensively as these three. Um, they're kind of getting the heat's kind of getting exposed. I thought it was because of injury, but you know they're taking a little long. They're they they're showing that they got a lot of holes, and the bubble was kind of you know a good situation for them. But they got a little bit of holes, and I don't think I, I got Bam at six, but Bam is not the best center in Florida, and the third best center is going to Nikola Vucevic. Oh my God! And I want to get in his team later. Oh my God, Vucevic is so skilled. He has no hold, like like Cat. He could score on three levels, but Vucevic has been more efficient. He's been doing it for a longer period of time, and he is an all star. Um, he has no holes in his offensive game, as just a, he's a complete center. Even defensively, he's not a rim protector, but he knows where he's at on the court. He defends a lot, like Marcus You know, Marcus Saul won Defensive Player of the Year, not being a a pure rim protector, but knowing where he's at on the floor. And leads his his team to a good defense, but oh my God, Vucevic! He's leads the league in field goal three point percentage when it comes from that top of the key. Straight money from there. If you want to go one on one with him down low, it's easy money. It's barbecue chicken, mid range, got it. Pick and pop, got it. Pick and roll, got it. Post hook, got it. He has it all offensively. Passing vision, he has it. Vucevic is a menace to be reckoned with, and if he was on a, he, you know what he reminds me of? Reminds me a lot of, uh, just a taller version, he reminds me a lot of um, Pau Gasol. Yeah, and like a modern version of Pau Gasol. Dude is so smooth, and he has such a soft touch, like my goodness. Oh my god, it, he, he just, he like seemed like the perfect big man to play like as a guard, you know, if I'm going to just running a pick and fade with him it was just it'll be so easy he sets bruiser screens he just light on his feet he just know where he's at on the court scores with so much ease makes it look so easy and yeah he's the third best center in the league right now he's so he's the most underrated player in the league um he's the most underrated player in the east i think fox is the most underrated in the west but if i was to ask who's more underrated between Fox or Vucevic because Fox is a guard and Vucevic is a big man. Vucevic is the most underrated player in the league. This dude can give you 30 on any given night when he wants to. And he's a team player. So, oh my God. Yeah, he, he, he. I'm not going to be because like I respect smaller markets with Orlando. I'm not going to be like, oh, he deserves to be. On. I would love to see him on a championship contending team. But the Magic got a good thing going on. They're just going through unfortunate times. And I'll get in that a little later. But Vucevic, that is a talent. He's a star. He's a superstar. Okay? Uh, very underrated. And his name is Nikola. Fun fact, his wife is named 
Nicolette. So I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, respecting the Vucevic game, he torched us. Um, he gives me a lot of Jokic vibes in a way. And going tonight, number two best center. And it's so hard. It's so fucking close. I really, it's really one A, one B, um, whatever you want to call it. And I gotta go number two because of defensively, and just also based on physical mass. I'll get in that later. But I have Nikola Jokic as number two. It's really, really close. And offensively, he is just top three in the league. He's top three in MVP voting. Um, dude is a unit on the paint. He reminds me a lot of Boogie. If Boogie had the team around him, but he's obviously a more a little bit more of a willing passer than Boogie. But Jokic is unstoppable. He's, he like I said, he could score on all three levels. He's not athletic, but he he just so good with the ball in his hands his vision is just mesmerizing he's actually he can honestly be point guard he's one of the on arguably the best passer in the game right now um his vision from the post and he can score whenever he wants you have to double team him and he's gonna find who he wants he dominates the game in the fourth quarter like every nuggets game i watched and i've seen the kings play the nuggets three times and um and the Nuggets just go through him every single time. They just throw it to him on that block. Jokic, make a play. And everybody gets the fuck out the way. And just have your hands ready. Because if you dare to double team, he's going to find the open man. And if you don't double team, he's going to do a little hook shot, floater, fade away, whatever you call it, without even jumping. It looks hella ugly, but he gets it done. And it's just, man... You just got to appreciate it. It's just greatness right there. What we're watching from Nikola Jokic. But. And a guy. But the guy that's kind of doing similar things. That I got to give the crown as the best center in the league to. Slight edge. Now I'm not trying to knock on Nikola Jokic as a defender. But Embiid is a defensive player of the year type defender. And that's why I have to give the little edge to Embiid. Because with Embiid, all we just needed him to be is healthy. And we knew he can be not only the best center in the league, but the best player in the league. And this dude, I've seen, I seen Embiid and Jokic live. Like, you know, Jokic is like seven foot. Now, when it comes to, like I said, Embiid has advantages over Jokic physically and genetically that Jokic does not. And Embiid is not seven foot. He's seven two. Broad shoulders. He's literally humongous. Dude is a fucking giant. I swear to God, he's a fucking giant. And for him to have footwork like he do at that size is ridiculous. He has all the moves offensively. He could shoot the three, but he doesn't settle. He doesn't need to settle for it. Because when he gets to that spot in the post, and people don't talk about it, his mid-range has been the deadliest in the NBA. Leads the league in mid-range field goal percentage. He's literally unstoppable one-on-one. Unstoppable. He has all the guard moves. He can Euro-step you. He can dream shake you. He can spin move you. He has it all. It's He's a force to be reckoned with. Like I said, the only thing that can stop Embiid is himself. Um, he's very dominant. He's been getting at least 30 points and 10... At least 25 points and... Um, no, at least 30 points and like 11 rebounds, I believe... 
for like 11 straight games and the only other people to do that is uh Allen Iverson or Wilt so he's already a Philly legend and Hall of Famer right now he's at his prime he's he's in his prime right now he has a good coach that's putting him in a good position and when I like when Philly's just running a offense they have this mentality where we're gonna score on you or we're gonna score on you because when they run through Embiid you just can't stop it you can't stop him one-on-one and if you choose the double team, he's became a willing passer. And if I had to grab, you know, pick one, I got to go with Embiid because he's just as a force defensively. He can stop anybody he wants. Um, he's going to give people problems. He takes pride on the defensive end. So Embiid, I'll have to give him the number one crown. And it's cool to see how dominant centers are right now is because they're dynamic. Um, these centers are all dynamic. Embiid is dynamic in his own right. Jokic is dynamic in his own right. Vucevic. Cat. Gobert got some work to do offensively, but he's been there. You know, he's like a rimba. But those four are very dynamic. And hopefully, you know, hopefully Andre Drummond. I mean, not Andre Drummond. DeAndre Ayton. Maybe he could become something like that. Hopefully Marvin Bagley could become something like that. Um, but don't sleep on the big man. I, I don't think the big man has gone away. If they're dynamic, they can dictate the game. And, you know, you can even throw AD, but AD's a power forward. But AD was the hugest impact in the finals. Same thing with Bam. Same thing with Jokic. So, you get yourself a dynamic big man, you have a really good advantage. It's not all guard-orientated as you think. It's positionless. So, um, you're seeing a lot more big men have a lot more skill to their game. On top of their size, you know, their physical advantages... You know, and so I wouldn't want to say goodbye to the big men yet because it, they are back. NBA is so fun to watch right now. I'm so sad that there's no fans because basketball, they say it's a game of runs. I say it's a game of runs. But right now, it really is a game of runs because when there's fans, it's a game of momentum. And that's two different things. But right now, there's no momentum. It's not there's some momentum, but it's not the same momentum. So it's really a game of runs right now, like it's the open run. So, we'll see how all that changes when fans come back. But right now there isn't. Everybody's playing the same level playing field. And it is what it is right now. And the last thing I want to talk... Ooh, it's pretty... I'm pretty long today. Don't matter. I love coming here rambling and stuff. But I want to talk about two underrated teams. I like to talk about some underrated teams. Last time I was talking about the Cavs and the Grizzlies. Cavs kind of dip down a little bit but they've been playing a hard stretch of games and they're dealing with some injuries and they're just struggling to find their identity with this whole Andre Drummond they have Jared Allen they even have JaVale McGee once they get their team set they have assets to build around they're they're going to be solid because I like Isaac Okoro I like Garland I like Sexton they even got Jared Allen now Larry Nance is not bad for them they still have Seti Osman they have pieces they just they're in a little they're still in the middle of uh Piecing it all out right now. But JB Biggerstaff is doing a good job coaching. I showed love to the Grizzlies. I like what the Grizzlies is doing. But two more underrated teams. Um, one, I like to give one in the West. I like to give one in the East. One is the Spurs. Um, the Spurs are fifth in the West right now. DeJounte Murray. Everybody keeps talking about Lonzo Ball, but nobody talks about DeJounte Murray. Everybody's hoping for Lonzo Ball to... Become the player who they thought he'd be or blame the coaching and stuff like that. Look, Lonzo had Luke Walton as a coach. 
and De'Aaron Fox had Luke Walton as a coach. De'Aaron Fox has gotten better with Luke Walton as coach. So, I don't know. But I think DeJounte Murray, on the other hand, has been playing as a top 15 guard. We already knew what he can do defensively. He had a terrible ACL injury. Uh, he's came back, and he's been, you know, their floor general. They have guys like Derek White. Jakob Pertl actually has been improving, playing really well. They have a whole bunch of forwards. You know, they got Devin Vassell. They got Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker. But um, they're veterans, you know. And, well, LaMarcus Aldridge has been in and out, but he's able to give you still give you 20 on any given night. But DeMar DeRozan has been playing at an all-star level. The way they're using, they're putting him at power forward, shooting guards. Pop is putting at power forward, shooting guards, small forward. Don't matter. But I'll tell you this. Every Spurs game that I watch, I've been keeping up with some Spurs game. And I remember at the bubble, um, they're, they're always competing in close games. And when it comes to that final three to two minute stretch, the ball the ball's in DeMar's hands. And that mid-range shot... When, when you need to get a bucket, DeMar has been giving it to them. Whether it's mid-range, going to the basket, he, has, he don't settle for threes. Um, it's very, you know, if you look what Jimmy Butler was doing in the finals, um, that's kind of what DeMar's doing for the Spurs team, but he shoots the mid-range more. He don't just settle for drawing fouls, but DeMar has been playing really, really well, um, especially down the stretch. They defend very well as a team, and they're well-coached, you know? I think they're a star away from becoming a championship caliber team. They have a lot of pieces. They just need that a star. I think DeMar can be that star. I just think they need another one. Um, like, uh, you know, they have LaMarcus Aldridge. I would like to see maybe a John Collins with them. Or, you know, maybe even like if they were able to get a chance to get a young star, like even like an MPJ, like a Michael Porter Jr., or uh, who's another guy? If Zach Levine was with the Spurs, they can they can go over the top. I don't know how they would do it, but they have a lot of cap space because Demar Derozan's and Aldridge contract expires. I don't know who they would sign. I think they hope to get them back. They're in an interesting situation, but they're competitive. They play well as a team. They're I think they're just a star away. I really think they're just a star away from really making a. A run for the finals so the Spurs yeah we already know they're a well-run organization um, but let's not forget I've been seeing a lot of talk about Tim Duncan or AD being better than Tim Duncan and shit like that um, or Tim Duncan was only great because of the, the franchise look Tim Duncan was the franchise and let and as you see if the Spurs had like a superstar like Tim Duncan or even Kawhi they would be they'll be finals contenders right now, but they don't. But we'll see how far Demar takes him. I wouldn't sleep on the Spurs. The Spurs is a tough win. Um, they're a tough win. Like <laughs> they're they're hard to beat on on a regular season game. Trust. I'm pretty sure they're hard in the playoff series. They have a lot of pieces. They have a lot of different ways they can beat you. They still have Patty Mills even. So Patty Mills, Derek White, um, Dejounte Murray. That's a good pair of guards, and they got the forwards. Whew. Yeah, Spurs has been pretty good. I, I've been liking, I liked watching them play this year so far. And then East, um, they're heavily injured, but that's the Magic. And I said I'll get into the Magic. The Magic is a very interesting situation. Now, they have pieces. They have a lot of pieces. They, they've been going through 
it, it, it must be hard being a Magic fan right now, dealing with the injuries that they got. They could have really made some no noise this season. They started off so hot, like, in the first five games. But if you look at the pe people they're missing right now, you know, they're, like, 10th or 11th place. They're probably not going to make the playoffs this year. It's just probably not going to happen. Um, but if they get everybody... But this could be a blessing in disguise for the Magic if, if they get a top-five pick. Because they have... Markel Fultz injured right now. They have Evan Fournay injured right now. They have Jonathan Isaac, who can be a defensive player of the year for them. Aaron Gordon's even injured right now. They have, um, they still have Terrence Ross under contract. They have Cole Anthony, who they just drafted. So they're pretty good at point guard with Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony. They have wings like Terrence Ross, Evan Fournay. And then they have, you know, obviously Jonathan Isaac. They have Chuma Okiki, um, a guy that who was injured coming out of Auburn, but who's a solid, who who's actually a solid forward. Um, they still have Michael Carter Williams. Then they have Aaron Gordon. They have Kareem Birch. They still have Mo Bamba, who I was looking, who wasn't looking that well, but they still have Mo Bamba um, and Aaron Gordon, Kareem Birch, and then they have Vucevic. So, they have, like, a lot of pieces. Now, I think Vucevic could be that star. I think when they're healthy, you know, they were 8th seed last year. I feel like they could have probably jumped up to the 6th or 5th seed. But, say, you know, this might be a blessing in disguise, as I said. Say if, they, you know, because of all these injuries, say if they get a top 5 pick. What if the Magic ends up with the Cade Cunningham, uh, Jalen Green, Jonathan Kuminga, Jalen Suggs? They don't need Evan Mobley, but if they can get Cade Cunningham or Jalen Suggs or even Jalen Green or even Jonathan Kuminga. I wouldn't think Jonathan Kuminga has a start. As far as like taking them, I think Jalen Green or Cade Cunningham could become a star with the Magic. Um, I think Jalen Green will be able to give you 30, and that's the type of guy that they need, a guy who can just give you a lot, who can give you 30 points. Like, you know, who can go out there and give you 25 plus and, you know, be a, just a, a wake up and I'm going to just score like Zach Levine type thing. If, if the Magic can get one of those to pair up with Vucevic, oh, my God, they can be something so, so special. So I will watch out for the Magic. They are a team to watch and they can be something special if they can actually win in this draft. These injuries... It sucks for them, but it might be a blessing in disguise. So, yeah. Woo, I almost reached the hour. I'm going to leave it at there. I'm glad I got to come in here and rant. Didn't come out. I didn't make episodes these past two days. I had some work. I actually had a cool little party with some co-workers. Um, some cool people. I like I like the co-workers that I met. Um, yeah, and this is episode 25. It's cool that we're reaching 25. We're going to keep it pushing. The Kings play tonight. We'll see how I'm feeling after that game. Hopefully, it don't stress me out too much. Hopefully, we get a win. And plan to come out with more episodes soon. So, I'm going to keep it at here. Keep your fingers crossed. And I will talk to y'all later. Peace.